to the Missing Ingredient Podcast from Secret Sauce. I'm Brendan. And I'm Zach. And we'll be your hosts. In this series, we interview industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and recruiters to give job seekers the insider knowledge they need to break into tech. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy the show. In this episode, we interview Victoria Roebuck. Victoria is the Director of Account Management at TrackMaven. TrackMaven is a marketing analytics platform that helps businesses track the ROI of their marketing campaigns online. We really enjoyed this conversation with Victoria. We discussed the dangers of job hopping and how to know the right time to move on from a company. We talked about how Victoria views leadership on her team and what she learned about leadership from sports. Victoria was a D1 lacrosse player in college, ranked number one in the nation for goal saves her senior year. And of course, we get into the nitty-gritty of account management and what that's all about. So with that said, please enjoy our conversation with Victoria Roebuck. Hi, Tori. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We're really excited to have this conversation today. Likewise. Okay. Um, I'd like to begin with TrackMaven. Could you tell us a little bit about the company and your role there? Yeah. So TrackMaven is a marketing insights company. Um, So we work with brands, upper mid-market and enterprise brands, helping them uh, get insight into their digital marketing strategy, mainly focused on social, uh, but all across digital and content. So we work with social teams, content teams, uh, communications teams, Um, And we have a platform that pulls in their performance as well as the performance of their competitors. So they can report to their executives. They can sort of see what's working for them across various campaigns. Um, And then we also have a services team that helps them get uh, more strategic recommendations or insights out of the data. One of the things that we see and and one of the things that is super um, interesting in the industry is now marketers understand the importance of having data to effectively run their campaigns. But a lot of people didn't get into marketing um, to become a data scientist. Um, They got into marketing to build an awesome brand and be creative, but they also understand the importance of um, having data back the decisions that they're making and sort of communicate their story to their executives. So TrackMaven helps them do that both from having the platform where they can see real time what's working for them, what's working for their competitors, not just from a reporting perspective, but also you can actually see the content and the creative that them and others in the industry are putting out, all the metrics behind it. And then our services team is essentially a team of analysts that will help them answer more strategic questions and give them optimization recommendations. So I am the director of account management at TrackMaven. So my team oversees all of our clients. So each of the account managers on my team has a book of business, and they are essentially responsible for making sure our clients are getting the most out of our partnership. So at the end of the day, we are quota carrying team. So we are gold on retention as well as growth. So how much of our business can we retain every quarter and how much are we able to grow the revenue within our existing customer base? Got it. Okay. So your team is responsible for retention and growth of existing customers, not the the growth of new customers. Is that right? Or is it both? 
That is a great question. So um, we are only responsible for existing customers. So we do have a new business sales team that brings on new clients. So under our new business sales team, we have an SDR team that does research on great companies that we want to go after based off of our criteria for who we uh, would sell to. Um, and they will schedule meetings for our sales team who actually takes the potential prospects through an evaluation. And once they, um, once they decide they want to, uh, sign on with us as a partner, they'll sign a contract for either a year, two years, or three years. Um, and at that point, once the deal is actually closed, it gets passed along to the account management team, which is my team from there. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a, bit of a point of confusion for a lot of students is what is the difference between an account manager and an account executive? Because at TrackMaven, as you said, you have two separate teams, one for handling um, the acquisition of new customers, and then where you work in account management, which is focused on retention and growth of existing customers. And I know that's not the same for all um, companies. So could you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've actually worked in organizations that have it structured in both ways. Um, I've worked at companies where an account executive is in charge of prospecting new business, running through the actual sales cycle, and managing the renewal all in one. And then I've worked at places similar to where I am now at TrackMaven, where they are completely separate teams and separate roles. So I think it's really important as you are evaluating and looking into companies that you clarify what does it mean and what's what is uh, what each role is responsible for, um, because the titles don't always tell the full picture. You can have an account executive at one company that's responsible for just new business, or you can have an account executive at another company that's responsible for new business and what they call land and expand. So once you sell into a company expanding um, into them more from there. So it really depends on the company. There's sort of no um, one size fits all model. Um, So it is definitely important to clarify what the role um, specifically is if they're focused, if they have a team focused on just selling new business or um, if it's a hybrid model of both. So in your eyes, is there an an advantage of having separate functional roles for those? Or is it just a product of where the company is and what they're trying to accomplish at that given moment on how they would structure? That's a good question. Um, I think it really depends on the business model as well as the product. I think a lot of times where you see the hybrid making sense, if, if you're selling into a large enterprise where it takes a really long time to understand the business, understand how decisions are made, um, and to generally in those situations, you'll have, you'll notice that there will be a rep that will focus on, okay, how do we get into the company? And once they're into the company, instead of passing it on to someone else who it might take them a year to figure out how the company works, sometimes it makes more sense to stick with the existing rep that sold the deal. So I generally see that, um, the, it's usually in companies that are more focused um, in enterprise and more focused on sort of a land and expand model. Um, typically for companies that might be dealing with smaller businesses or, 
organizations where their org structure isn't super complex to get into, um, a lot of times you'll see that they're separate teams because it's an easier handoff process. I think the most important thing um, for a customer is to make sure that they have a really easy experience with any sort of sales process that they're evaluating, especially when you buy something that's software or something that's high value. It's a lot of risk for the person that's going through the evaluation phase. So at the end of the day, most companies want to make sure that there's no balls dropped during the transition phase. So as accounts are being passed off from our new logo sales team to my account management team, we have like a lot of steps and a lot of information transfer so that it's not a complete reset once it is transferred. So I think that when companies do have it split between two teams, there's usually some process in place to make sure that the customer feels like they were heard and that they're not starting from scratch once they do get transferred over um, to a new point of contact for the remainder of their partnership. Right. That makes sense. Could you describe some of the day-to-day of the account management team? Yeah. So the account management team at TrackMaven is overall in charge of the business relationship with the client. So that includes understanding why they originally signed on with TrackMaven, what objectives or goals did they have, what were they hoping that we could help them solve. So understanding what our customer's key priority is, is number one, uh, the main focus of my account managers. From there, we have a lot of different solutions that can help uh, solve um, that sort of key problem or priority. So it's up to the account managers from there to understand after knowing what the vision is and what our clients want out of the partnership is putting together a vision of how we're going to go execute and then go and execute on it. So that might be first and foremost, understanding our clients org structure. So we build out org charts to understand who within the organization we're working with and what sort of value by persona we are trying to help solve for. So even within one account, they might have five or six different contacts that are all hoping to get something different out of TrackMaven. And so the account managers are essentially focusing on every day with all of their accounts. How can we best increase the value that they're getting from our overall partnership? So that might be running trainings or best practices sessions with individual people within an account Um, It might be helping scope out or think through or brainstorm ideas from a more strategic analysis that we then want our services team to go and do research um, into and then come back and present uh, the recommendations to. So a day-to-day for an account manager um, is, you know, first and foremost, very um, meeting focused. So generally they'll have around four or five customer calls a day with various different people within each of the contacts within their accounts. Um, and then the, the rest of the day is really spent um, strategically planning and looking at their whole book of business as to what's going to um, be the most impactful thing that we can do to help advance our partnership forward and to provide new ways to look at the data or new insights to each of their customers. Okay, awesome. That's helpful. Now, I want to back up just a little bit and talk about college. So what did you study in college and how did you make your way into tech and to where you are now? Yeah, 
So in college, I studied business administration and leadership studies. So I knew that I wanted to, I originally thought I wanted to go into marketing, um, which is one of the reasons I wanted to focus on um, or study business administration. Um, I was super interested. I went to University of Richmond and they had a phenomenal leadership program. Um, and that was amazing and amazing experience for me to think of like, how can I pair um, leadership philosophy, leadership studies in with business. So that was something I knew I wanted to figure out how those could intersect in some way, shape or form in my, my future career path. Um, I also in college was, um, an athlete. So I played lacrosse at Richmond and I also worked on campus in our call center. Um, and so as I was thinking about, how my background would translate into a career initially out of college. Um, I came across an organization uh, called Vocus and it, um, I ended up getting my first job out of college as a sales executive. And so to me that kind of fit all my criteria. Not only was I um, able to use my cold calling skills that I got um, from working in the call center for two years in college I was able to sort of apply my competitive nature. I knew I'm very goal-oriented, so sales was sort of a natural fit for me. Um, and I thought I wanted to work in marketing and focus focused on selling to marketers. So I got to learn a lot about the marketing industry in, in the real world. So to me, those three things sort of like fit together very nicely. Um, and so my initial, my first job was in sales as a sales executive. And so being a sales executive, as we've talked about, is can mean a lot of different things um, to a lot of different companies. And so my job was a mix between cold calling, scheduling my own meetings, running my own demos, and closing deals. So I didn't handle anything post-close. Um, and for me, that was a great job out of college because um, it taught me to be very disciplined it taught me um, that there's a pretty clear methodology between what you put in and what you get out. Like it was a very clear, if I make this amount of calls, I'll schedule this amount of meetings, it'll turn into this amount of deals. And that will allow me to hit my quota, keep my job and make my commission check every month. And so for me, that was like an amazing first job because, you know, not only was I, you know, getting paid, um, but I was also like learning what it means to be in the real world and also what it means to put in work, uh, to get in, to get good results. So that's initially how I started my career, but coming out of college, um, I didn't exactly know that I wanted to go into tech, but I spent a lot of time thinking about what I liked doing, what I was good at. Um, and what motivated me. And I think the motivation part is really, really, really important as you think about um, your career out of college. And I think when I think about uh, tech companies, one of the reasons that I've loved working at them and that I've been working at them since I graduated from college is really because they, um, most tech companies 
recruit for a certain type of individual. Um, and you know, they're, they're really looking for individuals that will help them build an awesome company. And that means you have to be committed to putting in the time and the effort, and you have to be committed to knowing that there's a lot of growth potential, not only for you there, but the company as a whole. And so if you're going to work, um, anywhere, I think it's really important that you, um, are really uh, committed uh, to the mission of the organization because um, that's generally where um, I see people being the most successful, especially in the the initial uh, few years coming out of school. I think that's awesome advice and something that everyone should be looking for. I want to hang out with you in college a little bit and, and dive mm-hmm. into, it sounds like you were, in a lot of class, you were also playing lacrosse and you were working in the call center. So it sounds like you had a lot going on. And I'm just curious, kind of what time management techniques did you start to develop in college and have some of those stuck with you even till today? It sounds like that was kind of a, a very key point in you becoming a, a good candidate to work at a tech company and, and succeed in your career. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've learned is that time management is all about routine. Um, I think one of the things that I was lucky to have was be a part of a Division One sports team that um, required me to spend a certain number of hours in the weight room, on the field, in meetings, and sort of plan the rest of my life around that. Um, but that taught me to get into a consistent routine. Time management is really easy when you know what blocks you have available to study, what blocks you have available to work if you have a job, what blocks you have available to eat, to spend time with friends. Um, And so a lot of that translated very naturally for me, luckily coming out of college um, because I was used to being in a routine and being successful in any sales job or any account management job um, requires you to have amazing time management um, and really be dedicated to understanding what are the key priorities that need to happen at any given time and how do I fit them into my daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly routine. Um, I think when I think about the most successful sales reps and account managers, yes, they're super smart. They're super curious. They really feel passionate about um, helping their prospects or their clients, but you can have all of those things and fail miserably at your job if you don't know where and how to prioritize your time. So I think that the number one thing that I learned coming out of college is how do I get myself into a routine? And that translated so perfectly over into the real world. So now when I come into work, I have very clear priorities that I need to get done every day, every week, and every month. And I structure my days based off of when I know I am most productive. So I personally love to have my mornings as like my me time. So I like have my headphones in, I have my list of things that I need to get done. And for me, the morning times are my product 
product, what I call my productivity blocks. Um, and that's my time to get everything that I need to get done, done, because that's when I know that my brain is the most functional. Um, I typically tend to have blocks for customer meetings or internal meetings in the afternoon, because for me, that requires a different use of my brain that is more available towards those types of activities in the afternoon. And so that's like a small example of how I stay in my routine and make sure that I'm the most efficient with the time that I have every day when I show up into the office. When you're talking about the the lists of things that you're keeping track of that you have to do, how, what does that list look like? Is it something on your computer? Do you have a, a physical kind of pen and paper in front of you? How do you keep track of your priorities? I, um, a few different ways. So my calendar, so we use Gmail. So my Gmail calendar has my entire life on it from any meeting I have, um, any activities that I have going on before or after work for any weeks. Um, I highly recommend color coding your calendar. So I try to have goals every week or every month of how much time I spend in internal meetings versus client meetings versus that sort of head down productivity time. So I color code each of those differently so that going into any week, I know that, wow, I actually have like 80% of my time is going to be in customer calls, which means I'm probably going to have to spend some more time before or after work or work on the weekend uh, to make sure that I get my productivity time in. Um, and so my calendar is the number one way that I stay organized from a sort of weekly basis of where I'm spending my actual time. But then I also have a, a separate planner that I write down all of my projects and assignments that I need to get done during those productivity times. And I found that really helpful because what would happen if it's, let's say, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning and I have a two-hour productivity block and I have a million things floating around in my head that I need to get done... I try to spend my time on Sunday looking at, okay, how many hours of productivity blocks do I have this week? What are all those millions of projects that are floating in my head and on my sort of to-do list that I need to do? And then I go and slot them in so that come 9 a.m. tomorrow morning, I know that I have two hours to focus on and knock out these two things. So that is really helpful between starting like big picture with my my calendar every week to try to maximize and balance out the time that I have for productivity, for internal meetings and for customer calls, but then also using a separate planner to keep track of everything that I need to do and sort of um, ahead of time, go ahead and slot those into the time that I have available to get it done. Got it. That is super helpful. And something that I still am learning how to do is successfully kind of plan ahead in my calendar and I'm colorblind. So color coding doesn't always work well for me, but I, I can use some colors and that helps. Um, yeah, I can, I can say, you know, I think this has been a big focus for my team as well. I can say that it's like the number one thing. If you can get into a good routine, it's really easy for me to sit here and say like, this is my routine, but it's hard to stick to it every day. And it's something that you have to commit to like every single day. And there's days that I get behind 
but I just know that I have to make up for it next week. So as long as you like understand your framework, my framework isn't going to work for everyone. And so our team is sort of really, we spend a lot of time, you know, thinking about what we can do to be most productive because if we're more present, then that means that's going to translate into our customers. We have more time to think about creative ways that we can, you know, consult them better and, and make them better and challenge them. Um, so I think one of the things that's really important, regardless of where you work, especially in tech, because there's generally so much going on and you can work 24 seven and still feel like you didn't get nearly everything you wanted to get done, done. Um, so I do think breaking it out, um, into smaller pieces and understanding what are the top things that like must happen, um, and, you know, slating them into, um, into your schedules is really important. Yeah, that, that is a great point. And I think something that every student who's thinking about these things should hold on to is that every schedule and every routine is unique to you and to find what works for you. Um, I want to kind of talk a little bit about, you talked about studying leadership in school and it was a big part of, you know, playing division one sports. And now you've gotten to a point in your career where you are a leader and you are a manager. And I was hoping you could give us some insight into how did you start making the transition from someone who was managed to someone who manages? Yeah, I think, um, for me, making the transition from being managed to being a manager, wasn't hard because I spent a lot of time thinking about what my best managers did that made me successful um, and what didn't work for me. Um, And I think managing is all about understanding the people that you manage. Literally, the job of a manager is to remove roadblocks. My job is to get my team promoted and to make them successful. And I won't be able to effectively do that until I really understand them as people, what motivates them, and what they want out of this job and out of their career and out of their life. And I think one thing that uh, we particularly tend to do on my team is put a lot of emphasis on like getting to know each other and like genuinely liking each other as people, understanding what's going on in each other's lives outside of work. Because as much as there's going to be times that work is going to like bleed over into your personal life, your personal life is also going to bleed into work. And so it's really important for me as a manager to understand what everyone is going through because, you know, they're, they're interrelated 24 seven. Um, and so there's a lot that I'm still learning. I'm still a new manager. I've only been managing for a few years, Um, so there's a lot that I still don't know. And at times it's extremely, extremely, extremely hard, but it's also easy because at the end of the day, I just have to go back and remember that my job is to serve my team and make them better. And as much as I can focus on understanding what makes them tick and what makes them happy and what makes them want to come into work, what makes them them and why are they here? Why did they choose 
to come into work today with me. I think that's one of the things that I've learned um, over the years is that you can get a job anywhere. You can collect a paycheck anywhere. But why did the person next to me choose here? What brings them here every day? And as much as I can focus on that and focus on strengthening that and getting them to want to come back again tomorrow, um, that for me has been the key to managing and what I try to focus on every day. You mentioned that you played lacrosse in college. And I think you kind of undersold playing lacrosse in college because you played Division One lacrosse in college. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were the number one in goal saves in the 2012 season in the nation. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me having played uh, sports with you at Graphic. <laughs> Um, I'm curious if there's anything that carries over from sports and the leadership there and how you learned how to motivate a team there with leadership in your current role and how you motivate your team and, and how you train and how, um, you know, you bond with your team and, and everything that everything else that goes into managing that team. Yeah, I think, um, one of the number one things that I personally hire for and we hire for as a company is grit. Um, with any, whether it's a startup company or a larger organization, there are going to be a lot of ups and downs and you're going to be like slapped in the face with something you had no idea was coming. Um, and one of the things that's really important for me that I learned through playing lacrosse and like literally getting balls thrown at me so much that I just like, there's nowhere for me to go. I just had to figure out a way to like save them or like that was like the only choice. Um, and so that I've carried that mentality over with me, I think through everywhere that I've worked and particularly as I look to hire is, um, you know, you can have the most successful company in the world and there's always going to be someone that's, you know, trying to catch up with you. Um, and so to continue to always innovate, to stay at the top, if you're at the top or to want to be the best, it takes a lot of grit um, and people that will get punched in the face, you know, nine times and like be ready for the 10th. Um, because you can teach everything else, right? You can teach... I can teach the skill sets that it needs to, that you need to be successful as an account manager here. I can teach you, you know, how to handle certain types of scenarios or questions that you might come across or come against. Um, there's plenty of smart people around you. I think it's really important that you uh, choose a job where you're not the smartest person in the room, that you are constantly want to learn from others around you. Um, and that's easy, but the hardest part is like, if you can have the mental toughness and the grit to like continue to push and, and battle through all the ups and downs. Um, and so I think that that's really, you know, important, um, as a manager to first and foremost, like recognize 
that like this might be a really tough period we're going through and it might last like a really long time, but being able to understand that like nothing lasts forever and there is, there is, uh, learnings that you can, uh, take from any tough time and situation you're in and to also like know that you're never in it alone. You know, if we're going through a tough time as a, as a company, if one of the people on my team is going through a tough time, like I am going through a tough time right along with them. And I think that that's really important. One of the things that, um, I learned from playing sports my whole life, but, um, I know a lot of people have learned very similar lessons through other organizations that they've been involved in. Um, but I do think that that is super, um, important to me. Um, and one thing that I particularly love about track maven. And I think the reason that keeps me here, um, every day is obviously we have an awesome product. We have awesome customers, but it's like the people that sit next to me that have that grit, that have the mentality that like, we want to get through this together and we want to do whatever we can to build an awesome company and to help our customers and to like have fun along the way and be creative and innovative and know that like it might be an uphill battle um, and it might be an uphill battle that lasts a week or it might last six months or a year. Um, We might have multiple things we're like struggling with at a time, but knowing that we're all in it together and you're never facing anything alone, um, is, is really special. Yeah. You, you made a a bunch of great points just then. And, and two of the things that you mentioned, uh, that you kind of look for, you try to foster in your team. One is grit. Um, and then the other, which I think might be kind of counterintuitive for people is an empathy and empathy for the people on your team. But then also, as you mentioned before, an empathy for your, your customer, your client and helping them resolve whatever issue that might come up. I, I feel yeah. like it's a, like a lot of people think that sales is such a, a cutthroat and competitive um, role. And I know that it is in a lot of ways, but I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, empathy is also equally as important, if not more important. Do you think those things are like at odds with each other? think so. I think, um, you know, I think when I think of the most, um, successful sales reps or account managers that I've come across are the ones that are also like the most naturally curious. Um, and I think, um, you might not know everything about your customers. You might not always know what the best next question to ask them is that will drive this result that you want them to say that will make the deal really easy to close. Um, I think it's very obvious when sales reps are trying to do that. Um, and at the end of the day, like the best people that I've worked with are just super, just naturally smart and naturally curious. Um, and when you can do that, that allows you to build a special trust with, um, prospects or with clients because they believe that you are, you know, really trying to get to know them and and the struggles that they're, that they're going, going through. 
Um, and so as much as we think of, to your point, a lot of people think of sales as sort of, you know, cutthroat and, um, you know, you have this like objective in mind and, you know, you're only focused on doing whatever you need to do or saying whatever you need to say to close the deal where it's like actually the opposite, um, in my opinion. And what we hire for is the total opposite of that. We want people that are interested and curious because if you're interested, genuinely interested and curious, you're going to be genuinely interested in, and, uh, driven to find a solution that will help them because you're going to really understand. You can put yourself better in their shoes and understand what they're going through. And then the solutions will come naturally. So they really, you know, go hand in hand um, from my perspective. How do you, when you're hiring, how do you look for those traits um, of grit and, and empathy? Like, what are you looking for in a candidate that tells you that they have those traits? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's initially hard on paper. Um, but I think one thing that is like an immediate red flag for us is anytime we see serious job hopping. Um, I think one of the things that, uh, is really easy to, um, to do when you're early in your career is take a job, know that you might not be feel fully fulfilled or fully satisfied, or there's always, you hear about, um, a friend or someone else that you know, that is making more money than you, or is doing, um, seemingly more interesting things than you are. Um, and I think it's really easy as you are coming out of college and trying to a figure yourself out, um, and be almost like, have someone tell you like what you should be doing. And when that doesn't happen, it just gets like very confusing and you start to sort of like question if you're in the right place, are you where you should be? Um, and so for one of the things that we really focus on is like, have, has someone shown a commitment to sticking through something? So we, when we talk about grit, um, one of the things that we, you know, are really focused on, um, in hiring, um, a lot of grit is like you might not be in the best situation, but you've learned to make the best out of it and you stick with it as much as you can. Um, so job hopping is like a huge no for us. I think um, I, um, since I've graduated, I have had three jobs um, and all of them, I have put myself in a position that I don't ever need to take another job. You never, it, it's very, it's very, very easy as a uh, hiring manager to see through when someone seems passionate about the company that they're applying to, but you can see that they're running away from something and you never want to put yourself in a position that you are running away from something. Um, I think every job that I've taken, I have taken a lot of like time and put a lot of thought into well, what's going to be different about this and where is this going to take me differently? And I've actually been able to take my time in interviewing and negotiating and, sort of everything that you want to do to put yourself in a good position to start over. Um, and you, you 
the, the way that you can do that is by always being fully present and committed um, to wherever you are until you've sort of fully thought through what the next decision is and what is that specifically going to bring you. Yeah, I think that's a su- super important point. And, and something that we see a lot is, is people just hopping from one job to the, to the next, you know, they may be there for like three months or six months and, and they're trying to convince you that they're really passionate and committed about working at your company, but there's just nothing on their track record to indicate that they've ever truly committed to anything. So it's a really hard sell. I think that's a really important point. So on that, on that note, how do you, or how have you in your own career, like made the decision when it was time to move on or when there was a, an opportunity that was actually, um, worth moving on for versus, you know, feeling like you've put in enough time and made a significant contribution at your current role? Like, how do you make that decision? Yeah. So my first job, uh, out of college was a sales role. So, um, it was the best first job out of college I could have asked for. Um, I learned a lot about what I liked and that was, uh, certain things about sales. I really, really, really loved the time that I spent on the phone with prospects and potential customers. I really liked the chase of sales, having a very clear goal that I was working towards and knowing that what I put in, uh, I also can see a very clear return of what I get out of it. And so um, those things were really important for me um, to feel fulfilled, to feel fulfilled in my career moving forward. Some of the things that I was not super happy or thrilled about is that I figured the game out pretty early. I knew that if I need a certain amount of calls, I would schedule a certain amount of demos and close a certain amount of deals. Like I became really good at like the process uh, to the, to the point where I wasn't really being challenged. I wasn't really um, being put in a position where I had to think differently Um, And I was also working for a bigger company that I just felt like I was a seat at the table that anyone could have done my job. Um, And if I came across um, a month or a quarter where I wasn't producing as much as my best, there's a really good chance that I would have just been cut and replaced. And I didn't like that feeling. Um, So for me, I thought long and hard about what I need to do to feel more fulfilled. And for me, that was being a part of a company where I could see how I was tied to the goals of the organization as a whole. And so I knew that I wanted to move on to a smaller company, a startup, where my job was very similar in the sense that I had the same goals. It was customer-facing Um, I could continue to to motivate and and push myself and make my own decisions and challenge myself intellectually. Uh, But I wanted to feel part of a team. I wanted to feel part of uh, an organization where we were sort of all in the boat rowing together and building a company together. Um, And so at that point, for me, I knew it was time to make a, a switch to a company where I had all of those things together, which is why I chose to leave and and move to California to work uh, for a smaller company. Yeah, I think that's so vital for people to understand that there is a huge difference between 
working somewhere, um, acquiring a set of skills, making a contribution, kicking ass, and then realizing that because of the structure of the organization or for whatever reason, there's not really room for you to grow. Um, and so you've reached this plateau and you want to move on. That's very different than starting to work somewhere, um, not really loving the job and never really kind of committing and giving it your all and never hitting your stride. You work there for three or six months or nine months and then you just decide it's the company, it's not me. I'm going to move on to something else and it'll be better at the next company. I think that's very different. Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it's really this idea of like looking inward first. Um, it takes a really long time to get into a group. Like you really don't understand the company or the role um, or how you fit in if you haven't been doing it for a long enough period of time. So first and foremost, like you have to commit to a, a period of time of, of being there and, and throwing yourself fully, um, fully in it. Um, and if it's not working, then before you jump ship, you have to like really take some time to like think about, is there anything that you can do or change to make the situation better? And to your point, if you, if you really have plateaued, which happens all the time, it's, it's a, it's a good time to start planning, uh, for, uh, what that next challenge is going to be for you. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so we are going to be wrapping up in a few minutes here. I just wanted to ask one last question, which is, what advice would you give to students that are currently in college that are looking for potentially having their first job out of college be you know, sales or account management? Is there any advice or resources, books, anything um, that you think was really helpful for you or would be helpful for them? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I highly recommend it. I think it is a skill that uh, you can translate to a lot of different things as you progress through your career. Um, It was the best decision I've made. Um, I think one thing to know is that you'll, there's ways that you can always keep learning. Um, it's going to be a long process. So your first job might not be the most glorious thing in the world, but I do think it's important that you pay attention to what you are learning and how you can continue to strengthen what you're really good at and, and really, really, really think critically about what is it specifically that I don't like because that will help you continue to take what you are good at and apply it to a better situation for you moving forward. So there's tons of books that, um, you know, you can read, people can tell you all that they want to tell you about the benefits of, or, and the negatives of being in sales. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to like making sure that you're aware that it's going to be a grind Um, And there's going to be days that are really great and you're going to feel really rewarding. And there's going to be days where you feel like you put in so much work and you didn't get the result that you wanted to get. And that's okay too, as long as you continue to learn um, from the no's, from the times that you um, might be struggling, um, whether it's in the actual position or it's within the company as a whole. 
um, and really think critically about ways that you can apply it to a better situation for yourself moving forward. But I would say like, take your time, um, know that it's not always going to be perfect and you might not have the most glorious job, um, initially, but there's a lot of room for growth and ways that you can get better along the way. If you really like take time to build the foundation. Okay, great. Thank you for that. And Tori, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I had a lot of fun with this conversation. Me too. This is great. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you're looking to break into tech, visit our website at secretsauce.tech and join our job seeker network. Every week we'll send you a new podcast with our interview notes highlighting our favorite insights from the episode. You also get access to exclusive job opportunities, an invitation to join our Slack community, and whatever else we feel like sharing. All right, see ya!